back, folks, to Make Mine Multiversity. My name is Kevin. I never have time to read comics anymore. With me is not Nick, because <laughs> that guy got some shit to do, I guess. But he only reads the older Marvel books, so we don't talk about. And Jess is finally <laughs> back with us. But she wholesale quit reading comics altogether. We're the Sham Squad, and we're here to talk about Marvel books. Marvel, if Marvel ever listens to this, they're going to be so just disappointed and they're right yeah. to be it's okay they're gonna be really glad that they're not paying for advertising <laughs> or things here oh my god we're uh we're we're doing it folks um yeah we welcome to make mine multiversity we're a marvel podcast here to talk about all things marvel marvel nick's not with us we thought we were gonna have all the band back together but uh nick uh well um I don't, I don't, there's a joke in there, something about Florida, but I don't know what it is. I don't even know what's happening in Florida right now. Uh, it's sunny. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, someone, uh, someone's running around acting crazy on bath salts. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's Nick. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps it's Nick. If you see a crazy, crazy man with a baby face running around all fucked up on bath salts, it might be Nick Palmieri. Please return um, him where, you know, p- please return him somewhere safe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't leave him alone. You know, like he's cool. He's cool to approach. He's all right. You know, like everything's good. He's got his shots and everything. He's not, you know, anti-vax like, like <laughs> Jessica Beale or anything, but uh, it's cool. You can hang out with Nick. Um, well, yeah, we're your hosts for all things Marvel. That is, you know, when we have our shit together. Uh, which we kind of do this episode a little bit. Uh, all sorts of news, reviews, this, that, and the other were your home for all sorts of Marvel content. We're hosted by multiversitycomics.com. If you haven't checked out that website, what are you waiting for? It's your home for all sorts of comic news, reviews, and other fun think pieces. They have started their all their summer content. So the summer Multiversity Summer TV binge has begun in full. A lot of people reviewing old shows and binging things. You can find Nick's thoughts on Avatar, The Last Airbender, the the third and final season of that show on there. And also this summer, we're doing a fun thing called the Multiversity Summer Comics Binge, where there are people who are binging comics runs or series that they either uh, love a lot or have never gotten to before and writing fun, long pieces about them. I will be starting a bit on Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run in July, which you can look forward to if you want to, or you don't have to. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to read things, but it's going to be a lot of writing. Uh, but Jess is back with us after a long stint. Uh, Jess, how are you doing? I I am good. You can hear me, right? Of course. Yeah, you're doing you're, okay, you're good. Because my, my, my whole screen just went black, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, well, that is, uh, <laughs> that is scary. That is have it all sorts of problems. Like I yeah. said, I mean, we're back and we don't know what we're doing. So that's uh oh oh. How's the oh uh, boy. Ha- okay. How's the uh, how's the the married life? No longer hot Mar- boyfriend, but hot, hot partner, hot husband, dude, man. Hot hot husband. Yeah, he's like right over here. So no fun. Hi, hello, hello. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. If you're listening to this, he's not next to you, but you know. No. Yeah. Um, but if he is, return him, you know, leave him in a safe place. And, uh, so. In a safe place. Yeah. Yes, please. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we're glad that you're back. We're glad to, to almost have the band back together. Come July, we may, we may be able to be back, back on track and all that jazz. 
Cool. Uh, well, we're going to move over to the news and things. We're recording this episode a week out. So if there's some stuff that happens the third week of June, we'll get to it next episode. But as of right now, sort of the biggest news piece on the docket for um, the end of May, beginning of June, is the announcement that we finally, finally have the actual end of Jason Aaron's Thor saga uh, with a new four-issue miniseries called King of Thor that Jason Aaron and Asad Ribic, who collaborated with him on the first uh, 12 issues and Thor God of Thunder back in 2010, are coming back to actually finally end this run in September. Thought War of the Realms is going to be the end and then thought some uh this thor arc after was going to be the end but this arc taking a look at sort of the future old man thor that's been running around in uh, all parts of this run is going to be the end of it so jess we'll start with you um yeah so king thor uh like i said when we started this that i haven't really been reading anything so i don't <laughs> <laughs> um i like asad ribic's art especially when he draws Thor um, and it's only four issues. So I think that maybe I will check that out. Maybe we'll see. I don't read comics <laughs> anymore. So no, but it looks, it looks interesting. I mean, I read a lot of the Jason Aaron Thor stuff. So I feel like maybe I owe it to myself to finish this out. Yeah. What's the last piece of that that you read? Oh gosh. The... Uh, it might've actually been like right when Jane Foster gives up uh, being Thor. So it wasn't like that long ago, but like, so I haven't read like anything that's been going on now. Like I haven't read, read War of the Realms or anything, none of that stuff. So, so I'm okay. behind, but I don't think I'm as far behind as I made it seem. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, because uh, we, we read a little bit of, of the relaunched Thor um, for the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and all that, it just kind of sets up more War of the Realms stuff. You could probably just pick up with War of the Realms and, excuse me, and read from there and then get to this and probably be good. Um, I'm, I'm, it'll, War of the Realms, I guess, as one issue left, um, but it's been really, really good. It's been really pretty because it's Dodderman doing. Oh, things. the Young Gun. <laughs> yeah, Young Gun. Did you see? They're about to. Uh, they're about to do some more Young Guns. Oh gosh. They, they, that was on Twitter. They're about to announce some new, some new Youngins. Who, who did 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 uh, Marvel pick up anybody from DC recently? Because I would assume that they will now be the Young Gun, even though they've been around for twenty years. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they picked up Patrick. Oh, well, Gleason. Patrick Gleason is the next Young Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Gleason has been literally been at the DC for like twenty years. Like, oh, look, yeah. this, he's new to Marvel. That makes him a young gun, right? That's how the, that's the rule. That's yeah, the rule. Yeah. So, <laughs> new year, new me, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it'll. I hmm, that is that is interesting yeah. thinking about who like those those people will be. I, I would imagine it'll be a lot of people that are going to be on all of like Hickman's X Men books or whatever. Probably when those come out soon. can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. That's next month. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about this. I just think it's interesting that like we keep getting sort of more things uh, in like this run. Like I thought when War of the Realms was announced that like it was going to be the end, and then. They said, oh, he's got one more Thor arc after this. And now we're getting this miniseries, which I think is it. And like, it's been really, really good. Like I, I've been enjoying it. It's just like the ending keeps sort of like being 
being sort of like kicked down the kick down the can. It reminds me a lot of Scott Snyder and Greg. Well, mostly just Scott Snyder on um, Batman. It's like, oh, he's done writing Batman. No, no, wait, he's got another one. This is the end. Okay, here we go. This is the end. And then it's like, wait, 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 I got another miniseries with Greg Capullo. Oh, okay, so that's the end. Yes. Six months later. Nope, nope. This is the end. Uh, no, Metal 2 is coming out. So, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good comparison. I am really excited. Did you see that that James Jane Foster's getting a book after War of the Realms ended? That's one of the things. Uh, no, I didn't, but that's good. Yeah, she's that's cool. She's getting a, a, a she's going to be the new the new Valkyrie. Nice. Uh, and good. And Aaron and Aaron and Al Ewing are going to co-write it. Nice. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about more Jane Foster. I don't really care about Thor. I'm just excited about more Jane Foster. So. Cool, cool. Um, well, moving on to then more uh, post-War of the Realms news. We're getting a new Marvel team book called Strike Force. Uh, there's been one of the tie-ins for War of the Realms was sort of was called War of the Realms Strike Force. It was sort of the the group of people going to do sort of the like more dangerous, morally ambiguous thing, I guess, uh, during the war. Uh, but it's called Strike Force, written by Teeny Howard. Uh, it's going to be illustrated by German Peralta. It's going to be an ongoing. And the team, kind of a cool team, uh, is going to be Angela and Blade and Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, and Wiccan and the Winter Soldier and Monica Rambo and Damon Hellstrom. Um, so all sorts of fun people. Uh, so Jess, what are your your thoughts about about Strike Force and it and all that? That's not That seems weird. I'm not going to say that again. Uh, <laughs> I... I feel like that's a really good team. It's a very Teeny Howard team, but I'm confused as to how Wiccan is involved. Like, did I miss yeah. something? Like, did Wiccan become, like, a badass or something? Because, like, Jessica Drew and, like, Monica Rambeau, when push comes to shove, will, like, mess somebody up. But, like, Wiccan just seems like he's such a good boy. So, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... How did he end up on this team? Did I miss? I feel like that's how long I've been out of comics where Wiccan is now hanging out with Blade and Angela. So. Wiccan's, Wiccan's got tattoos and is like oh, a bad he's going through Is he, his go, bad is he going phase. through his bad boy phase? Is he like 19 and going through a phase now? Oh. He he finally discovered uh, Fallout Boy. Oh my gosh. Is, um, oh, poor baby. I mean, That's I don't like know. Maybe he's going to be like the moral center of the team. I don't know. But he just he just seems like the odd man out. It seems like it might be good. I mean, I like Teeny Howard a lot. So I'm willing to give it a try. I just, Wiccan just seems like the odd man out. Yeah. I'm trying to find, she tweeted, because somebody tweeted at her and asked that. Because um, all the teasers were coming out last week. And they were like really, like really ugly looking teasers for like a, a book that seemed like really not that excited exciting but somebody tweeted at her and was like why is wiccan on this team of people that are going to be doing all the sort of like uh scary things or whatever and she tweeted back and said something of like no no it's just like his day job like he's definitely gonna come home to teddy and crack open a beer and just play switch for several hours he's still the 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 good boy that you that you, yeah, here it is. Here it is. He's, it says, somebody tweeted and says, is Teddy okay? Or not, uh, and, um, 
and said, he's fine. Billy comes home after missions and they watch Gay of Thrones while Billy yells at his switch on the couch and Teddy foam rolls his thighs out. Billy just got a job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'll yeah. take it. That, that's, that's, a very, <laughs> see, that's a very teeny Howard thing to do. She gets like this big group of like mean murdery people and then like has this like sweet little boy who's like, I'm going to be here too. And it makes sense. It, it makes sense now. <laughs> I, just, I think yeah, maybe this weekend's is- like one of those characters i think there's like a a very there's not like a huge fan base but the people who are a fan of him are very protective of him so but i have faith in her i mean she mm-hmm. she's not somebody i think that's gonna do like wrong by by that character so oh no yeah 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 this just like see like yeah for for former sort of like young avenger this seems like a weird like a weird transition but um but I think I think you're right. Like I think it it seems like a cool, like a cool Teeny Hower project. It I it strikes me that she was uh, like her Twitter handle for a while or her Twitter name for a while was Teeny Howard writing sad gay lads. So maybe yes. maybe we'll maybe this is some of the writing sad gay lads. Um, um, yeah, I think that this is like a cool a cool team of people. Um, I'm excited to see more more Jessica Drew and Monica Rambo and and. Uh, and Winter Soldier stuff because they have haven't been uh, or really active at all sort of since uh, in the last year or so and this like Marvel fresh start relaunch thing I guess Monica was in the that Avengers um, no road home thing miniseries whatever um, but this is a cool this is a cool group of people that have never done things before and uh, I like Teeny Howard a lot so it'll be it could be fun sweet. Um, well, one more sort of big piece of news, and then we're going to rapid fire a couple of pieces. Um, so, and we're going to be talking about the first issue of New Agents of Atlas in the second part of our episode. It's one of the books that we're going to review. It was one of the War of the Realms tie-ins. It came out in May, so, uh, but we it can't, the first issue didn't come out in time for our uh, to, for us to talk about it for our last show. So we're going to talk about it. it's gotten a lot of good press and. It's getting a five-issue miniseries spinning on a War of the Realms. So we're getting another Agents of Atlas book uh, starting in August, written by Greg Pak and illustrated by Gang Hugh Lim, who are the creative team on the new Agents of Atlas book that's happening right now. And they're going to be doing a main story in this issue with the team from War of the Realms. So Jimmy Wu, Amadeus Cho, Silk, Shang-Chi, uh, Wave, Luna Snow, Crescent and Io, Arrow, and Swordmaster. It's the last half of sort of half of those characters are characters that are, are new to the Marvel universe and new, um, uh, new uh, Pan-Asian characters from the Marvel universe. And then also the five issue miniseries is going to feature backup stories from writer Jeff Parker and artist Carlo Pagulian. Uh, they were the creative team for the uh, second run of Agents of Atlas. Jeff Parker was the writer who created the first Agents of Atlas team. And it's going to feature sort of the, uh, the old team, of agents of atlas so this this team that was uh when it was created was retcon to sort of be a team that was active during um during the beginning of the marvel universe or whatever and that's a team of uh it was jimmy Wu, but a team of namora m11 uh, gorilla man and marvel boy um so jess agents of atlas thoughts and things i mean 
And we were going to talk about the, the, the issue today, which I thought was pretty good, but there's a lot of characters in here that I'm not familiar with at all. Like, um, like Luna Snow, Crescent, Arrow, like, I don't really know who those people are. So I think the concept is really good. And I think that the team behind it is really good. I just, I, I'd, I'd have to be like kind of sold on those characters because I don't know them. So it would just be like picking up a team book full of people I don't know, which might not be the best way to get acquainted with them. So I don't know. Um, I'm kind of mixed on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so some of those characters um, like were, were new, were characters that Marvel created um, for sort of a, um, a I guess one of the companies that they have in, in China. So they were characters that were created in China. So Arrow and Swordmaster are characters that appeared. Um, here it is. Two Chinese, two original Chinese characters appearing online at NetEase Comics. So they appeared first in China. Um, and then I think Crescent and Io and, and Luna Snow um, were characters that debuted on Marvel's uh, mobile future fight game or whatever. Um and then Wave was a character that was created specifically for the new Agents of Alice book. So they are like brand brand new characters, like characters that have only been around for the last uh, six months or so. Some of them not that long. Yeah, and that's not bad. It's just I think it's a little a bit of a tough sell. It's like when you introduce like a new character, if they're like a legacy character or something, they get like this big debut, like like a like Riri Williams and like Kamala Khan, like they're a legacy character, which is way easier to introduce than like somebody brand new that's just in a new series. You know, I think that's a little tough to to sell to people who might be on the fence when there's so many comics coming out every month. Like it's good that it's a five issue miniseries because it'll be like easy to sell that. Cause it'll be like a one and done like trade, which is good. Um, and I mean, it's, it's going to be good for people who are fans of like Silk who have been like, well, she hasn't been around too much. Where is she? Well, now she's here. So that's good. But yeah, I just think it's a little tough to sell me on, a bunch of new characters I don't know. And then all of a sudden I have to care about them being on this team and what are their ties to the Marvel universe and stuff like that. So, and that's always like uh, legacy characters. Cause like you can introduce them and be like, okay, so they're taking up the mantle and it's like, well, you know what that character represents and stuff. So it's like a little easier to get yourself, get your feet wet with the new, with the new person. So like, I feel at least I feel that way when it comes to like somebody like Amadeus Cho and like, um, and Kamala Khan, like they're, they're taking up somebody else's post and making it their own. So I think that's just easier than just a brand new character just suddenly on the team. So I don't know. I feel like they've got a lot of work cut out for them. I don't think it'll be bad. I just, I think it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. 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 I think it's, so I think it's good that like you were saying that it's, that's a five issue mini. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's cool that it's going to have a backup story that like features sort of that original agents of Atlas team. Cause I would imagine that there are people that are fans of, of, of that series or whatever. Um, otherwise they wouldn't have brought it back, I guess. Uh, it's like, that's a cool, a cool way to, to have a new book like this is to feature, sort of this other iteration of, of this, of this team and all that. Um, and I think it's cool that, that there is this, this group of characters now that, that Greg Pak's been, been getting to work with um, since he was doing the totally awesome Hulk stuff when he had that arc with Amadeus mm-hmm. and Silk and, and, and Miss Marvel. And now it's gotten to continue into this and it's getting to continue um, into this new mini series and all that stuff. So I think it's cool that it's happening. And I think it's cool 
it's good that it's a mini series. It'll sell probably well in in trade, or it'll be something on on Marvel Unlimited that people will pick up. Um, and single issues, though, and I think even like every time I read the Marvel solicits, I'm just like, there are so many books. And yeah. honestly, like, it's exhausting. Um, but I think it's cool that this is happening. I guess. Yeah. So. Um, cool, cool. All right. Well, we got a couple more things. We're going to rapid fire these uh, sort of like one one sentence thoughts or whatever. So uh, coming out in September also, uh, we're getting a new Black Widow comic. So the, the Sasuke Sisters Black Widow comic got canceled. I think it was only five or six issues or it might have been a mini series, like a stealth mini or something. Um, I don't think it was announced as a mini series, but it ended up being one. Um, so we're getting a new Black Widow comic called The Web of Black Widow. Uh, written by Jody Hauser and illustrated by Stephen Mooney. Um, sort of like a new, I don't think it's like an origin for Black Widow, but it's sort of like a new um, introduction to her for new readers that's going to touch on sort of uh, things from her past. And it's kind of, it seems like it's getting ready for uh, a new Black Widow movie, which I think we should probably get an announcement on a release date for, for ScarJo's movie. Um sometime this summer when we, I think at San Diego Comic-Con is when we're getting sort of the, the phase four uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies announcements. So Jess, Black Widow. I think I'm more hung up on the fact that they're still trying to make a Black Widow movie than this new comic. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not super into the comic, to be honest with you. I guess that's my quick answer. Also, I don't think that Black Widow movie's ever happening. So I totally think it's happening. I think it's, I, I think I it's coming out. I don't see the value of it happening at this point. Like, I mean, I don't want to yeah. like, I guess spoilers, <laughs> but I just don't see the point in it now. Like, unless it's going to resurrect her somehow or whatever, but I just don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't really see the point. I mean, I see the point in making a new comic because she's still alive and kicking in the Marvel universe, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't know I'm I'm not super into any of this. Stephen Mooney is a good artist though, so yeah, I am excited about Stephen Mooney. Um, it's also weird. you're right, like she's like alive and kicking, but isn't she like a clone or something of herself? Because she's like I, I don't even remember. Anyway. I mean, that's what happened to me. That's yeah. why I was gone for so long. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I've, been there. I've been there. I am a clone. The real the real, the real Jess is in a in a yeah. dish somewhere and and in upper New York Somewhere. and clone Jess is married yeah. now. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, clone Nick is the one that's eating yes. the bath salts yes. in Florida. We're going to find real Please return Nick, him but... to regular Nick. <laughs> yes. One day we will find real Nick <laughs> one day. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. They keep trying to make her a thing. I, that movie, that whole concept of that movie is going to be interesting because it totally has to be a prequel. I mean, I, that's the whole um, thing of it. I just don't see the point in wasting money on a prequel for a character that's not even around anymore when you could just do a, right. a, a movie, a, a female-led movie with a character that's alive and could then join the Avengers. I don't know. Marvel must be bored. Yeah. They must have too much money at this point. That's what it is. Disney has too much money. Or, or like ScarJo has like in her contract that she's got to have another movie or something like that. I mean, I guess um, this saves us from her playing another Asian woman. So, uh, or a or a, a, a or a transgender I, woman I or guess, man or I whatever. Guess it was this is the better gonna... trade off. So, yeah, 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 yeah. There are like a ton of other like cool lady spies in the Marvel universe that they could make a movie about. Just do, they wanted just, to make just do a Jessica Drew movie. Yeah, yeah, or a Mockingbird movie. Or, yeah, 
so um, many options. A Misty Night movie. That would be um, cool. They could do yeah. so many different things, but they're just hung up on Scarlett Johansson, which I guess I, I don't I don't know. I guess there's a market for her. I am not that market, but I guess there is a market for her. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, I like Jody Hauser. Stephen Mooney, he was on the Midnighter book with Steve Orlando, right? Yeah. Am I making that up? Okay. Okay. Um, I like the, that book a lot. So cool. Um, all right. Ghost Spider is getting a relaunch. So Spider Gwen, uh, Ghost Spider is the book that's been coming out. It's dropping the Spider Gwen part and she's just going to be called Ghost Spider. Um, it's getting relaunched with a new number one in August. It's going to have the same creative team of Sean and McGuire and Takashi Miyazawa. Uh, and it's Gwen going to college in the main Marvel universe. So going from Earth 85 to Earth 616 and going to college at Empire State. So take it away. Um, I feel like Spider-Gwen is like a thing that I would be super, super into, but just never committed myself to be being super into her. So maybe this is my chance. Yeah. I think it's interesting that uh, I'm trying to figure out, because in, in the, the animated, in the, the animated Spider-Verse movie, she was Spider-Woman was her name, right? Yes. Because in her universe, she was the only spider person. Right, right. Um, where is she being called Ghost? There's like a, that, I think the that Marvel, the animated, the, the other animated, the on Disney XD is where she's being called Ghost Spider. Yeah, I and I think where. that's mostly just because at some point they're going to probably introduce Jessica Drew to some to, in something. So they want to uh, reserve yeah. that for her, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they're making that, an- the with... The Sony's making that animated Spider Woman movie, Spider Women movie, with like Silk and Jessica Drew and and Gwen, I think, right? I think so. With this, with the same in the same universe that the Spider Verse movie took place in. I think so. Okay, okay. I don't know. I think the name is. I think I think Spider Gwen's a cooler name than Ghost Spider. But I think so too. I'm not the Marvel marketing department. (laughs) All right. Uh, another mini series, uh, Gwenpool Strikes Back, uh, written by Leah Williams, illustrated by David Baldion. It's a five issue mini series. It's Gwenpool doing Gwenpool things because Rip West Coast Avengers. <laughs> so sad that that book got canceled. Oh, that book got canceled. I don't know if you it, the book got canceled. Well, that's, that's terrible. So sad. That's because I that's because I haven't been reading comics. That's what it is. It's my fault. Sorry, yeah. everybody. Why are you not pre ordering your comics, <laughs> Jess? Ugh. So sad. Uh, did you read the the first Gwenpool book? Any- I do not care about Gwenpool in any way, shape, or form. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I okay. couldn't. I just, I don't understand the whole thing. I'd rather just be into Deadpool. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. It's just, isn't she just like Gwen Stacy, but Deadpool? Like, I don't understand where that even came from. Although, Leah Williams is really cool. And she's really fun as a writer. So I'm kind of bummed mm-hmm. that I'm not interested in this because I'd like to read more of yeah. her stuff. You know what they she's, should do? They should just give her an Emma Frost miniseries and just be done with it. Oh, please, for the love of God. She's like the biggest Emma Frost fan aside from like me. So give yeah. her. She has talent. I don't have talent. So give her Emma Frost and I can live through that. Maybe she's a part of, of Hickman's stuff because Emma Frost seems like she's gonna she's been on some of the covers oh, he, from he would, 
he would be very smart to do that. He would. He would. He is a very smart man. So maybe he is a smart man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's no. I think her her stick. She's not. I think it started out as like a a Gwen uh, Gwen Stacy like Deadpool caught like thing in one of the comics, but. I think like the comic character, like her name is Gwen Poole and she's from like our universe and like got put into the Marvel universe or something. And so like, she like breaks the fourth wall a lot and stuff because she thinks that she's in it. She's, she thinks that she's not in a comic, but she's in a comic and she's doing, I don't know. It's weird stuff like that. I don't know. I like Leigh Williams. I didn't read any other Gwen Poole stuff. I might read this for kicks at some point in trade. Maybe much later. Um, give Leia Williams Emma Frost and be done with it. Yes. Great. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, uh, more Conan, because we are Conan lovers on this podcast. Uh, new Age of Conan book, Age of Conan Valeria, written by Meredith Finch, illustrated by An- Anake. I'd probably, that's probably not how you say that. Um, and then it's five issues. It's more Conan. Because Conan, give Conan thoughts. You Conan, I Conan, you Conan, he, she, they, Conan. Conanology, the study of Conan. It's first grade SpongeBob. Anyway, sorry. Oh my God. Um, so Meredith Finch wrote that horrible run on Wonder Woman with her husband. Yes, she did. So hard pass on this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have a fun TV quote like Nick, so that's that's what I got. Hard <laughs> pass. <laughs> I don't even watch TV anymore. I don't know what I would what I would say like yabba dabba do or that's that's so old. I don't what is the, what are the things that the people on the television are saying, Jeff? I don't watch this. I, I don't know. I just finished watching Fosse Verdon, so I don't think there's a lot of lines from that unless we're going to just start quoting Chicago. But I, am, I Cherry, live in but... Chicago. We can quote <laughs> Chicago. What is Fosse uh, Ver- Vernon? Verdon? Fosse Verdon is the, the bio uh, show that the, uh, FX did about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, who were uh, like basically like broadway icons they oh. they did uh yeah they they did uh there he was uh bob fossey was a very acclaimed director he directed cabaret the, the liza minnelli uh movie that basically made her a star okay um he, he did the choreography for a whole bunch of shows like sweet charity and damn yankees and chicago mm. so and gwen verdon was uh his collaborator but she was a huge star like on stage in her own right like she won a few tonys and she was like the driving force behind chicago ever getting made so like and he, like he did the choreography, but it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for her. And they were married for a long time, so oh, it, it's okay. a really good show. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams are in it. Oh. Uh, this is how much we care about Age of Conan. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this is telling, folks. I highly, I highly recommend it, even if you don't really. I'm not a big Broadway person, but like I knew who they were because mm-hmm. um, I love Chicago is my favorite musical. So. Um, yeah, it, it's really good. Uh, they're gonna both probably win every award ima- imaginable, mostly Michelle Williams. Um, good. Yeah, they're gonna win everything imaginable this coming year at every award show. It's gonna be great. Um, but yeah, it's good. It was on FX. It was only like 
seven or eight episodes, I think, and it's like done, so you can just watch it in like a day if you wanted to. Huh. Really good, really good. Lin Manuel Miranda's in it in the very last episode. It's great. Well, I can I can commit to six <laughs> or seven episodes. So this is what I'm doing. It's really episode. good. Yeah. yeah, I watch. I mean, I watched that in Chernobyl, but I don't think it's appropriate to quote Chernobyl. So <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, <laughs> but that looks good too if you want to be really depressed. <laughs> wow, that's the that's the song of our generation. Uh, <laughs> that was a really so. good show. It's on HBO. It's only like five episodes, I think. Uh, Jared Harris is in it. He's great and everything. So that was good. Chernobyl, highly recommend it, but it's very heavy, very sad, um, but really good. Really, really good. It's so good that Russia is pissed off and is doing their own version of telling the story. Oh, I saw so. that. I saw that. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be something. But yeah, that's those are my thoughts on Age of Conan. Not only did they hack our election, <laughs> they're trying to hack our Showtime. <laughs> Jerks. Anyway, we probably have like one Russian listener who's probably listening to this thing. And they're like real pissed right now, <laughs> or not? I don't know. I don't know. If you are, too bad. You guys kind of. If you if you you guys kind of fucked up that situation. So. If Multiversity Comics has readers or listeners in Russia, I would be very interested in in hearing from you. DM me, whatever. <laughs> um, cool. Well, any other news newsy thoughts? News newsies? That's a musical, right? That's that a- is a musical. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> yeah, that's a musical. Um, no, I'm 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 good. Sweet, sweet. We also want to mention on a more serious note, um, bringing it back in a little bit. Uh, we. Uh, lament and mourn the passing of colorist uh, Justin Ponsor at age 42. He died of cancer um, uh, recently. And so we uh, wish his, uh, his family um, the best in this, in this time. Um, and yeah, uh, folks, that is the end of part one with all our news things. We'll be back with part two to review some of Marvel's books from the end of May and the beginning of June. So we will see you then. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad to end Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f- and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us and we're back with varying levels of mediocrity um here to talk about the books that we actually read for this segment uh from marvel's output uh for the end of may and beginning of june 2019 so in order we're going to be covering uh the first issue of black cat's first ongoing series the last issue of X-23, X-23 number 12, the first issue of the new Agents of Atlas, uh, War of the Realms tie-in, and then we're going to end with the first issue of Donny Cates and Trad Moore and Dave Stewart's Silver Surfer Black miniseries. Uh, June was sort of, a, a, again, a big Marvel 
uh, summer month, got a lot of things setting up and a lot of things um, so ending. So War of the Realms will end, um, I think, I think week after next. I think the last week of June is when War of the Realms 6 comes out. Um, and then, so we'll cover that in our in our next episode, the end of that whole big shenanigan uh, that also marked the end of As Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we're talking about Black Hat and Silver Surfer Black and then Meet the Scrolls ended this month, which we talked about um, a few months ago. Uh, and then July has a number of things come in, which we'll preview in the uh, end part of the episode. Uh, so we'll kick off with then Black Cat number one. So spinning out of, of Nick Spencer's and Ryan Otley's and Umberto Ramos's uh, Amazing Spider-Man run, we have Black Cat number one written by Jed McKay, illustrated by Travel Foreman, colored by Brian Reber, and lettered by Farron Delgado. Um, so Jess, we'll start with you. Thoughts on Black Cat, Black Cat numero uno. Um, I actually wasn't super crazy about this. Um, it seemed very by the numbers, to be honest with you. And um, it just, you, you kind of have to have a good deal of knowledge of Black Cat before you get into it and like get into caring about the story, which I like her. I just just thought this this is gonna sound terrible but because her and catwoman are basically the same character you could have just inserted catwoman into the story and it would have just been that kind of it's there's nothing about it that made it unique to me yeah i definitely which may be mean but it's how it felt to me there was nothing about it that felt exciting or new Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think that's i think that's pretty spot on i was thinking about that like the inserting Catwoman, um, like right at the beginning, because she's like referring to herself as like the cat in the third person. And that's like what Tom King's yeah. been calling Catwoman in his like bat run. Cause like Bruce oh, and God. Bruce and Selena keep going <laughs> bat, cat, bat. Oh no, I, I got that backwards. Uh, uh, bat, cat. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, all that just, yeah, I was like, oh, this is. This could have been. This could have been Selena. Like, this is really. There's nothing different here. Um, so yeah, yeah. I was also like, there was the panel that she had like super super long. It's on page four of our of or page six of our PDF. She's got like super super long fingernails, and she like looks like like she's got like witchy fingers or whatever. And I thought that was. Oh. The, the art is like a whole different thing that we can get. Do you want to talk? We could start. We could start. We could start with Charles Foreman's art, and then we can we can move switch uh, switch back around if you want. So I genuinely like Travel Foreman as an artist. I think he's done some really cool stuff. But I am super not into like anything going on in this book. I think it gets a little weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it gets a little looking like with the fingernails that you were talking about and like some of the, some of the facial expressions are kind of weird to me and a little off. Um, uh, the other thing I really didn't like about the art was some of the coloring gets really weird. Like there's parts of the coloring where it's like almost unfinished or like really different than what was going on in the page before. So I can't, I don't remember what page it is, but there's like this one sequence of her, like doing this big, like kick over these two, like bad guys. And it's almost like the outlines completely disappear. 
Oh, and oh, I, I thought it. that was weird, and that's yeah. the only time that happened. So, like, the art kind of took me out of it a bit. I will say this though: at least, um, it doesn't get gross because when people draw Black Cat and J. Scott Campbell is like the first one, it's always super pinuppy, but like in a gross way, <laughs> in a way that like yeah. I don't know if this is uh, PG or not. Um, which is fine, but probably not fine for, like, something that's going to be next to, like, Spider-Man. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, at least it didn't do that, but I really was not into the art. It just, and it might have just been maybe mostly the coloring, but it just, a lot of it did not work for me. Yeah, that page, so that, that page that you're you're pointing to, where that, that panel of her, like, kicking the two bad guys, and that, like, looks like the mm-hmm. outlines have gone away. Um. I actually like that more than the art and the rest of the I think if like that had issue. been the way that they went with it the whole time, it wouldn't have felt weird, but it almost felt like somebody else did those did that page. And there's like another page where she's just kind of talking to somebody that it happens. Um, if that were, yeah, if, I think it's yeah. like page five, actually. If that were the way that they did it from the get-go, it would have been fine, but it just feels like it's like different things happening. So I don't know. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm. I agree. Oh, there was like a whole backup story <laughs> in this thing that I didn't read at all. Oh my gosh. Oh shoot! Whoops. I just found that. Oh well, heck, my bad. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. It looks it looks really because I think that 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 panel particularly with like out the sort of, without the sort of like black outlines on everything, um, and like that page. And there's a couple. Of, you're right. There's a couple other pages like it. But you get back to the next page, and it just looks like Travel Foreman's trying to do like a fake yake, Frank, like a like a it, fa Frank just, Miller knockoff or something. It's just not something I like. It's just I mean it's it sounds weird, but like I never really was a fan of Frank Miller's art anyway. Um, even though it's it's kind of groundbreaking for the time, I just I just never it was never aesthetically something I loved. So I don't know, I don't know. I'm just I wasn't yeah. into the art at all, and I like Travel Foreman, but I just didn't like this style, this the visuals on this at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm with you. I, I usually really really like Travel Foreman stuff. Um, like all his stuff with Al Ewing on on Ultimates, um, some of his DC oh, stuff that, that he's like did, like the Animal Man story. thing that he did that with Jeff Lemire, is, is so like good. so freaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like some weird stuff. Like there's like one panel. It's on. It's like page eighteen of our PDF where she's like. It's like right before. It's like right when she's like when Felicia's getting away and getting back to the hideout, and it like looks like I can't tell if she's if that's like like her shoulder or her boob that's supposed to be there because like oh, her cleavage yeah. is all yep. weird and it looks odd. And there's like some other there's like some other weird dimensions and stuff here in parts. Um, but that one panel, like where it just like looks um, more like like anime ish, and it's got like less. It's like less sort of like like heavy inking. I like that a lot, and I wish that this this issue was more um, was more of that because it does look like there are places where it's sort of like half half finished or like over finished or like that because like Foreman inked himself in this thing, or at least that's how it's credited. So I don't know if 
he like didn't finish those pages and they're supposed to look like the other ones or if he was just like rushing or some or if, if something other weird happened and some other person who's not credited worked on this or if like brian reber and his coloring did some things um, but yeah it looks real funky and not yeah. not not in a good way um and it is like this whole thing is kind of generic and i don't really know a lot about felicia hardy nor do i really care about her dad or this guy who killed her dad or or trained her dad or this that and the other um and I think some of this was set up in, in Spencer's Spider-Man run, though like I'm having a hard time sort of like recalling exactly what all happened there. It's just, yeah, you're right. Like it's just kind of like generic y of okay, cat villainous. Yeah, and that's like the hard sell doing with her anyway, things. because it's like, yeah, she's she can be interesting on her own, but everyone just writes her as Catwoman. So we already have Catwoman. Why do we need two Catwomans? Mm-hmm. right 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 mm-hmm. and like the interesting bits about her like the sort of like bad luck stuff like we only get one one little bit of that sort of in in this episode and it's kind of it's played for like it's played for laughs and yeah yeah i don't know i and i do think speaking of like j scott campbell because he's done all the covers for this book so far um all of his covers do not match like the inside of this stuff. Like they are like super pinnopy. No, but I do, I, I do give him credit for holding back on this cover because <laughs> he is not known for being a uh, tame. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. I think he's, I think there's like an upcoming one where it's like him doing the like sort of reverse side of his like that amazing spider-man cover where like mj's looking out the window and like spider-man's in the window and she's got like that low-cut spider-man shirt and she's like um so that one i i (laughs) i don't think that he held back on at all i'm trying to think well well no he he did his one good deed of the year he he held back one time so now it's like it's like uh you know that uh (laughs) That Family Guy spill where it's like you know Spider Man's like everybody gets one. This is this is J Scott Camp. This is his one. That's his. <laughs> yeah. That's his one. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Have you read anything uh, really about uh, like from Jed McKay or anything before? Does that was that a name that you? Yeah. Never. Never. I didn't know who that was. I was like, oh, okay, so. Yeah, it's not a bad comic. It's fine, but it's just not anything special. Like, it's hard when there's so much to read, and then this comes along, and there's really nothing extra special about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think he did... um, He did that, the Daredevil sort of weekly in between Soul's run and, and Zdarsky's thing right now. And it was, like, okay ish that was really the only thing that i had read of his before before this it's like it's like yeah like you're it's like technically kind of good but it's like in like a, not like technical not like te- like technical like from like a technical level it like works like everything sort of flows like there's no sort of like glaring plot holes yeah. or or anything um it's just like it's just, your eyes like kind of like yeah so cool all right yeah i mean i i, I know i'm definitely not reading past this one. yeah 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 
Cool. Well, you want to move on? Okay. All right. Sure. Next up, we have uh, the final issue of X23, X23 number 12, written by uh, Mariko Tamaki, uh, uh, illustrated by Diego Ortegu, inked by Walden Wong, and then colored by Chris O'Halloran. Um, this is the last issue of X23. So, um, uh, uh, Tamaki took over from Tom Taylor after all new Wolverine, um, sort of ended. This is also like we ought to mention, I guess, too, that all of the X-Men books are kind of wrapping up, um, right now and in July ahead of, uh, Hickman relaunching the entire X slate. He said that, uh, He's going to do that, that House of X and Powers of Ten that are coming out next month are going to be the only X books coming out until August when they finish, or September when they finish. Um, September, I think, or October, whatever. Which is very smart uh, to do that. Yeah. Very smart. yeah. Is that, that's been a problem, like without going too off topic, that's been a problem with every X-Men um, sort of launch that they've done over the last few years is that they don't just commit to relaunching everything. They'll have like three other things still going and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now there's like these two new flagship titles, but these other books are still going to be on like number 12 or whatever. And it's just, it it doesn't create a sense of cohesion, which is what I think the X-Men universe needs more than like other parts of the Marvel lineup. So yeah, good. I'm glad that the whole thing's just getting scrapped and relaunched. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it definitely, um, I think it definitely makes a lot of sense and it's like, it's a really sort of like, like, like cool statement of, uh, cause they keep hyping Hickman stuff up as like the next big X-Men moment in like the history of X-Men moments. Um, and, and he's saying like, we're going to do that because we're going to make every, like, we're going to make these six issue minis, the the core of what we're doing, and then everything that comes after is going to be like super important, and we're telling one big story. Um, I just hope, and I know this is also it, this is also kind of weird too, because I know that um, I guess like with all the Age of X Men stuff that Laura and Gabby are caught up in that, so I guess all this stuff takes place kind of before that stuff. Not that it really matters because um, continuity is stupid, but. Uh, I do hope, I guess, because I have just I really loved what Taylor did with with um, with Laura and and uh, Tamaki did some cool stuff, too. Um, I hope that like Laura and Gabby don't go away yeah. in this in Hickman's Hickman's vision of things. Um, but yeah, all that aside, what did you think of this? this issue um i think it's a really good ending for for their story like i think it leaves um both of them on a really good note um and nothing bad happens to gabby which is very important to me because i will burn something down if something happens (laughs) um (laughs) yeah um so i i think like so i was saying to you before we started recording that i had uh only read like the first arc of this series but i had read all of all new wolverine and x-men red so i had been reading like the stuff that involved the two of them i just hadn't been reading this series so i came back into it missing like six issues or so like seven or six or seven issues um and Mm -hmm. i think that this works really well as an ending i think it highlights like what their story has been for the last couple years that their their sisterhood their relationship and um 
it keeps it keeps uh it keeps Gabby's story going a bit because she's kind of figuring out like who she wants to be as a hero um and what she wants to do and like she changes her name again <laughs> which is really yeah. funny um so yeah i i liked it a lot i don't think it's like one of the most memorable endings of all time but it's really right for the characters it's really good for them yeah, I think that makes sense. I was gonna ask like what you thought about about the name change again. Look, Gabby's like twelve, so she's just gonna do what she's gonna do anyway. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's fine. It's what twelve year olds do. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's a that's a good way to put it. I was kind of like, oh, we're doing this again. Like, I feel like we just got Honey Badger like a year ago, but. Um... Yeah, it's just because it, like, reflects on, like, what she's trying to do, and, like, it, it's fine. It's not, like, perfect, but it's it's fine. It, it makes sense. And, and honest, in all honesty, I don't know what's going to happen to Gabby, so maybe, unfortunately, very sadly, it won't That's true. matter. It does, like, it does seem like, like, Scout is a lot more of, uh, like, a generic name than, like, Honey Badger is. Um and I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Definitely. I get that it like reflects, you know, her, her mission and that like kind of through like Tamaki's taken a lot of the more sort of like playful stuff that, uh, that Taylor did with, with Gabby and has like kind of matured her a little bit and like made her realize, you know, there are like consequences or that like all these sort of ideals that she kind of has as a young person that like those, how those have to play out in some way in the real world. And, and sometimes that means saving turkeys that have been genetically modified with your DNA. And uh... it's so funny that that's how the series ends because of how she, because of the issue with her actual yeah. Wolverine pet. Yeah. Um, like we've been down this road with her before, and it's so funny. It's 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 cute, mm-hmm. but it's it's funny. It's very sweet because her her heart is in the right place and she's trying to do right by everybody, including animals that get tested on the way her and Laura were. But it's it's sweet, but it's just so funny yeah, that that's yeah, how it yeah. ends. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's fine. I think you're right that like this is not sort of like a as memorable or as big of an ending, and not even that Taylor's ending for all new Wolverine was because he his last arc was that like old man Laura stuff, which was. Which yeah, which was yeah, which is like a weird sense. way to end it. I mean, it was a good like it was good. I thought it was good. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I thought like and I guess X Men Red was more like the ending of X Men Red was more sort of the coda for or the ending for All New Wolverine than maybe maybe more so than All New Wolverine was. Um, yeah, no, I thought this was all right. I thought that. Um, I was like not as big on this on this run as I was on on Taylor's run, but I just I like Taylor and not like like I like a lot of like Tamaki's other stuff, um, and I think she's like a great writer. Uh, it was just like a less was just like less kind of interested in some ways and and all the things that were going on here, and I also think too that like the art was because uh, Juan Cabal was did, did the first arc of this book and then he went off with Taylor to go do Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man, and I think he. Um, is a lot, I guess, maybe more dynamic artist in some ways than um, Ortegu is in this one, or this is just kind of like, this is just kind of like, you know, yeah. fill in ending art in some ways. Um, Definitely. It's not bad, but it's not, 
it's not yeah. the ball. So yeah, there's like yeah, it's 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 just kind of like in the same way that McKay's sort of stuff was like this is this is good, like this is passable, like this is like it all you know checks out, like there's no sort of like glaring weird things. This is all I do like I do like the like he has like a lot of like small panels um, with like all the action kind of happening um like in the scenes where like the the train's blowing up and the thing's counting down and they're like moving and trying to escape like and like all the cars are like blowing up one at a time i thought that was really really cool and a cool segment yeah that's that's cool i think he draws gabby really well too because there's like a playfulness with her with how she fights and stuff which is very different from laura i like when um people understand that like when the artists come in on this series in particular and even all new wolverine because cabal didn't do everything but when they come in and they understand that there's kind of this playfulness to what she does because she is a kid so um yeah it's it's good i enjoyed that part of it too um i did i enjoyed the coloring too i I like that kind of muted thing that was going on it 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 worked yeah 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 he made he definitely made gabby like she looks like a kid like she looks like she's 12 and like and acts like she's 12 and has like, you know, sort of the, the, the scrappiness of, of like a, a 10 or 12 year old or whatever, however old it is that, that she is, um, as she's learning. And so, yeah, I think, I thought this was all right. I thought this was all right. Um, I hope that I, I am more sort of like curious and maybe, uh, what's the word sort of like trepidatious of like, what's, coming next because i do think that probably what hickman is going to do is going to be more like high-minded and and philosophical and this that and the other and it's going to be less there might be less room for things like this maybe but i don't know if that's true or not i think if we get something with him that has anything to do with younger characters he's not going to be real i think like it's not going to be something people are going to love i think uh long time x-men fans are going to love it but i think like more casual fans are going to kind of be like, oh, there's nothing new about this because it's all the same kind of characters. And I think that if there's a book with like the younger characters, I just, I think that's going to be one of the miniseries and Gabby might be involved, but I don't think he's going to have much to do with that because it's just not really his thing. He kind of takes the big name people and does something cool with them um, and moves like the older characters. He'll, he'll He's going to be the guy mm-hmm. who brings in like, Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey, like it's gonna be those people. And I think if we see Gabby again, it's gonna be in a mini series, like on a team, and it's gonna be something that he's not writing at all. It's yeah. gonna be something completely different from what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably true too. Because um, I, I think he did say in like an interview recently, he's he's writing the like flagship title of this relaunch and he said there would be like two or three other books and they are the creative teams for those are already picked out and there's going to be like a wave two of books and they're finalizing the creative teams and all that stuff for that right now um and i guess i'm thinking to when he was doing avengers and new avengers and i'm trying to think of like who mm-hmm. the people that were doing like avengers ai and avengers um arena and stuff at the same time uh so that was like Spencer and Kelly Sudaconic. Dennis Hopeless. Dennis Hopeless did Avengers yeah. Arena because that was a whole thing because the characters in it involved the runaways and it was just a whole mm. thing because people were not happy with that. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So maybe 
yeah, it'll be interesting. I think uh, maybe there will be a book that sort of has, hopefully that has sort of like that feel of the young characters doing the young characters thing and, and, and Hickman can go do his like big, big grand narrative, big meta story or whatever. And, and we can have like a, a title that's just like full of fun things. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see San Diego comic cons when we're getting all that news. So maybe by the next time that we record, we'll have some of that. Um, I don't even know when San Diego is. I think it's, I have no idea either. <laughs> I'm middle of July out of the loop. <laughs> San Diego comic con July 18th through the 21st. Ah, so, so it's soon. 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 Cool. Well, any other X23 thoughts? I will miss Gabby. Very much. I will miss I Gabby. I will miss her. Gabby will be missed. Laura, too. I don't think cool. Laura's going to be around all that much. So That's probably true. That's sad. Okay. All right. Moving right along. New Agents of Atlas, War of the Realms, tie-in. The, we're going to be talking about the first issue of this four-issue miniseries. Uh, it's written by Greg Pak. Illustrated by Gang Hook Lim, colored by Federico Blee, and then lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, and it, you know, it's a book starring all, like we said, uh, this group of, of of Asian characters that exist in the Marvel universe. So we get um, all those characters that we mentioned before. So I get Amadeus Cho and Miss Marvel and Silk and Shang Chi and Arrow and Wave and Jimmy Woo and White Fox and Crescent and Io and and Luda Snow and some characters that are new and some characters that are old and, um, and yeah. So Jess, what were your sort of your, your thoughts on this issue? You said you weren't reading war of the realms. Did that, did, did that in, inhibit, inhibit no. your being able to understand what was going on here in any way? Really? Um, for, for the first part, no, but like the second part, like yeah, a little bit. Cause I assume that like the craziness that starts happening has yeah. to do with war of yeah. the realms. So I don't know what exactly that is because I haven't been reading War of the Realms. But I did like this, um, like, for the first, like, most, like, the first sort of three-fourths of it. Like, I liked um, the the really, like, the, the banter between um, Jimmy Woo, uh, Shang-Chi, Silk, Amadeus Cho, and, and Ms. Marvel. I liked them. Um, I liked them kind of talking to each other. And, and I haven't been reading Champions so I didn't know that like Amadeus Cho and Ms. Marvel were like not happy with each other. Um, so I kind of like that. Cause like he's Hulk and she's just like, I don't care. I don't care if you're Hulk. I'm going <laughs> to tell you off anyway. I was into that. Yeah. Um, that whole, <laughs> that's a, that's a very New Jersey thing. I'm just going to say. So <laughs> to like, look at the Hulk and be like, I don't care. <laughs> so, um, but that was good. Um, the first couple pages had the new characters. I don't know. So that was a little weird. I was like, okay, I don't really know who you guys are, but you're clearly important. So I'll stick with you. But, um, yeah, I liked a lot of parts of this, but it's very much like a tie-in to something that I'm not mm-hmm. reading. So I was a little, uh, I felt a little bit out of the loop. I could follow what was going on, but I didn't have, I think, the the care that I probably would if I were reading the main series. Yeah, yeah. I think even so, saying like the the first couple pages have those new characters. I think the like the like first panel that um, has that character wave. I think that's like her first appearance and. 
like Marvel Comics or whatever. Like she's, I think, brand new created for this for this series. So, um, yeah. See, they've got to spend some time introducing these characters because it's just it's just hard for me to get super invested. But it's it's good. I I just I I just don't have the investment that I probably would have had if I were reading War of the Realms. But the team is good of the established characters that we know. Like they're back and forth with each other is really good. Um, and I like that it's very much like they are an Asian American team and like that's something that's embraced all the way throughout. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I think I think it uh, hmm. I think this issue like does a really good job of sort of like dropping you in on like all the action and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, it would be good because all a lot of these characters are new to spend some time introducing them. But also if this is like a four issue tie in to War of the Realms and you kind of have to like tell that story and then also like introduce all these other characters, like you don't really have a lot of time to, to get, to get into like a specifics of a lot of stuff um, and get into like explaining sort of like, origins and things and some of these characters are getting like getting or have titles off to the side that kind of have like some of their origin stuff and and like we're getting an an arrow and a swordmaster book so like they're going to be reprinting um the the stories that were published in in china they're going to be translating them and then uh, greg pock's going to be doing some other stories in those books with forget who the artist is um it's like those books are coming so this kind of sets up some of that stuff um I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that it just kind of like drops you in on the action. And it's, and it's like never, uh, like, I don't know that it would be really nice to know more about, about these characters and about these characters that have not been introduced before, but I kind of like that it just treats them like, Hey, there are Asian, there are Asian superheroes in the Marvel universe. We don't really need to explain that. We don't need to tell you why that those exist. You just need to know that, that those characters are here and they should be here because of course they're here. And like, it would be, it would be ridiculous and, and not realistic if they weren't here. And so I think like it, it serves kind of that purpose of just saying like, Hey, these characters already exist and they're already doing cool things. And we don't, we don't need to spend some of that time saying that because like, we're sort of making sort of the statement of like, these characters are here and deserve to be here kind of thing. Um, And I think they'll treat some of that other stuff in other books. But I, I do, I do think it would have been not, and not even that. Maybe like in the next few issues, there's more of that. And there's really because there's really just I don't know. Like there's not a lot of room for some of that stuff. And even because they're like because Pac's trying to work in some of the like the the champions sort of um, problems with between Kamala and and Amadeus too, which, which I thought was really interesting. Like that, I I don't know much of the details of that, but I thought their their conflict was interesting. Yeah, it's like all sorts. So it's like weird and convoluted. So, um, so in the first issue of Champions, uh, the relaunched one in January, um, and I guess this is spoiler alert, whatever. But um, uh, Miss Marvel dies, uh, is like killed when they're in Dubai doing things, uh, and it's her, her and her and, and Viv Vision die, and Amadeus and and Miles are there also trying to save people in Dubai. And, and and they both die. And Mephisto comes and offers Miles a way to save both of them and brings them back to life and they redo the whole thing and then um and then and then they live. 
and Miles had like saved this one um, uh, teenage teenage girl during the whole thing. Like there was a building that was going to fall on her, and he saves her. And in the second issue, it's shown that like in the wreckage of it, because like Mephisto rolled back the clock and gave like Amadeus and Miles the way to defeat whatever monster they were fighting in Dubai, so that Miss Marvel wouldn't die. Uh, that girl died, and so Miles like has all this guilt, and Amadeus was there too, and like they didn't tell. Um, they didn't tell Ms. Marvel about this until issue two. Like they didn't tell her right after the mission. And so that's, that's some of that whole spiel, which is like super yeah. heavy and weird and crazy. But it's not good. So um, yeah, it's good. Like it's, it, it like it, it really, I think it works. I think it works here and it works too, because also like this group of characters has that history that Pac's building on from that arc of, of incredible Hulk when he had them all together doing things. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that this this book exists. Some of the War of the Realms stuff, I mean, like that's because that's the whole driving thing is like all the like um, like Malekith and all the other sort of like beings in the like Asgardian cosmos are invading Earth, and all of them are invading parts of Earth, and they've divided up Earth into various parts, and um, and Cinder's going to get all of all of Asia, um, and that's sort of what all this all this spiel is um and how they got to fight for for that but i think it yeah i don't know i think it's i think it's cool that this like a book is i think it looks really really pretty too um and uh yeah i don't know yeah. i don't know <laughs> that might be all i got cool cool yeah uh, I will def- I do want to finish the next few issues of this book. I think it it's exciting that it that it exists and that it's all doing things. Yeah, I think um, I think I'll try to catch up on some of the War of the Realm stuff and then you know read more because I do think it's a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, moving on to our last book then, and perhaps possibly maybe saving some of the best stuff for last. Um, we're going to be talking about Silver Surfer Black, uh, which is a five-issue miniseries. We're talking about the first issue of a five-issue miniseries. Um, so written by, uh, well, story credit to Donnie Cates and Tradmore. So script by Donnie Cates, art by Tradmore, colors by uh, the infamous Dave Stewart, and then lettered by Clayton Cowles. So this is a book that ties into um, pretty much everything that Donny Cates is doing over at Marvel right now. Uh, we realize as we get to the end of this issue, um, but it picks up specifically on the events of the first issue of Donny Cates and uh, Jeff Shaw and Marte Gracia's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy book where. See, I, I didn't know that. I got the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, but I didn't know that towards the end that that picks up somewhere. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, we can dive right in. So that god that that uh, that that uh, Silver Surfer, when at the end of the issue on the last page, when it says "I am Null, you may call me God," that's yeah. the the god that um, they're talking about in Venom. Oh. well, see, I don't know that because I haven't been reading Venom. <laughs> see what happens when you don't read anything; you don't know what's happening in Silver Surfer. Although I will say this. That did not deter from my enjoyment of this issue. No. So that's it because this was really good. Yeah, yeah. So talk talk about that some. What what did you what did you what did you think about 
about this first issue about this book? So I always thought that Silver Surfer, because he's connected to Galactus, should be always told in a little bit of a darker sense anyway. I know a lot of people really, really, really like that Dan Slott Mike Allred book, but it was basically Doctor Who. Yeah, it was um, it was totally Doctor Who. It, it was it was Doctor Who, but with Silver Surfer, which I thought was a really weird thing to do with the character because I always felt like he's a little bit darker of a character anyway. He runs around with a guy who eats planets and helps him do that. I don't think that that's Doctor Who. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people really like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't think that worked for that character. So I really liked how kind of dark this was. Like, this was so brooding and introverted and him dealing with all these crazy feelings of what he does and and the darkness that's like enveloping him. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like so dark. It's like cosmic and like in space, but it's not like happy, which is good. I, I like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's all like in his head, like all the stuff that he's going through, it's all in his head, all the pain and like the disappearing and the having to, to come back and, and like from this, this, literal void that he's in it's really good um and i haven't liked a lot of donny kate's marvel stuff to be honest i i liked a lot of his stuff before he was in marvel but the stuff that he's been writing for marvel just hasn't been like this kind of stuff i like um so i was surprised by how much i like this it's very good like <laughs> yeah yeah i totally agree i think this is um and it's I, very gothy, like it's it's like yeah. goth Silver Surfer, which is how I think the character should be done anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, and uh, I yeah, I think this is okay. Get your thoughts together. Okay, I thought this was really really good. Um, I because we've talked about some of Kate's stuff um, on this podcast before, and I think when we talked about the first Guardians of the Galaxy issue, I think Nick made a comment. Um, again, sort of saying like, I think that, I think he said that like, he thought that Kate's was like a great writer, that everything about the script, like really worked and like, it all looked really nice and it pulled together, but it was just like, he was just doing things and doing books that like, just weren't interesting to Nick. Like just weren't things that were like in his wheelhouse or excited, exciting for him, which I think is maybe sort of what you said too. Um, and I think, I think like this is very much like. Yeah, like absolutely like brooding, almost like zombie-like and like like dead-like Silver Surfer. Like some of the ways that like that Trad Moore uh, and Dave Stewart, um, which like all the art is gorgeous, and we can talk about that in a second. Um, like some of the ways that they draw, like like Norin, um, he just like almost looks like a ske- like a like a skeleton. Yeah, um, but also seems kind of squishy. Yeah, yeah, he's like, like he's like it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Like the one, the one panel right after, or the one page right after he gets um, all the people back into the main universe and out of this black hole, uh, where he just is sort of like, like has his arms out, like he's almost like flexing and yelling or whatever, uh, and it just like like he's like looks like strong and everything, but it just like you can see his like his like rib cage and everything. He just like looks like like almost like like a like a mummy or like an alien. Yeah. Or something. It's so cool because I think that's what makes it like there's the page right before that that's like just the big shot of him like just stretched out like it's like an undershot like it's by his legs and everything. You see all the other characters behind him and there's like yeah. muscle upon muscle upon muscle. That's so cool. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was I thought this was really really well done. I I think that I think that most of what Donny Cates has done at Marvel has been stuff that I've been really really interested in. I'm like less excited with all the Venom stuff, mm-hmm. um, mostly just because like I I don't really care that much about Venom as a character but i've like gone back and like i've caught up with all the things that he's doing and they're good like it's good like and it's like it's like like quality work and i'm gonna like i'm gonna read absolute carnage when it comes out like i'm gonna read that that event just because i think that uh like what kate's is doing is cool i just think it's so like i think it's so fascinating that this book ties into that like to that stuff and i'm just really curious then i guess how his like guardians of the galaxy stuff will tie in to maybe sort of this like bigger narrative that he seems to be telling because this is tied to, to Venom in some ways. I had meant or it won't and maybe it'll be separate. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if he's already established like this big cosmic universe that he's writing, then I guess it makes a lot of sense to, to connect it to that. I didn't realize it was connected to everything. I had gotten the guardians of the galaxy bit, but I didn't realize at the end that that was a tie to the venom stuff he's been doing. Um, but that didn't actually take any of the enjoyment away from me. Cause it just made me wonder, like it just made me want to read issue two to understand who this guy was. That was like starting this fight with him. Um, I had mentioned the, the, slot and all read a book and i i think that the couple of pages where he's working to like get all the characters back into like the main universe has like a very all red feel to it it's very wacky and very very colorful very um exaggerated and but like but like in a more heavy way so it's kind of like it it kind of borrows from that a little bit but i think that it's just like if you look at that compared to like some of the later pages it just shows you how good trad Moore is like trad Moore, i don't think gets enough credit for how good he is like he doesn't do a whole lot but what he does is insane like he did that ghost rider book that was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen yeah like yeah, he can yeah, do yeah. like yeah. such cool stuff and like i think it it helped that he's a lot of the time colored himself and it's always been good, but like he's working with Dave Stewart who like, I think totally understands what he was going for. in like some of the earlier stuff compared to like some of the later pages when he gets into like all that real darkness. And then he gets to that planet with, with all these like other people in it. And he just understands like where to go with it. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Like I'm looking through it again, just to look at what Trad Moore does. Like his Galactus is awesome too. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, I loved I I loved the way that he drew Galactus in those in those that like double page spread because it like it, Galactus just gets like more um, sort of like yeah. devil like and zombie like as like the panel goes on, um, and I think that's a really cool like because he like because he is like he's like he he's just like pure, I mean not like evil yeah. just like pure chaos sort of, uh, uh, yeah I think. I think this issue is beautiful. I think I I I think that that's a really I think that's a really good comparison. That the first part of this issue looks a lot more like what we were used to with the the Silver Surfer stuff. Because I was really sort of fascinated when this book was announced. Um, I was like, oh, Donny Cates really doing a Silver Surfer book after like Dan Slott was doing sort of a mystical adventure. Yeah, and I I really actually loved what um, what Dan Slott and Mike Ara did, mostly because I. Oh, it was very good. Yeah. It was. It just, for me, if you asked me 
what I think, like who I think Silver Surfer is, I, I kind of turn to something a little darker because he's the herald for a guy who's going to eat your planet. Right, right, so, right, right. And there's the whole backstory of how he ends up being that. And, and I just think that like, that's more interesting than, then even though that was a great run and it and I understand why people loved it so much it is very good it just it just wasn't really like silver surfer to me yeah it was just it was a different version of that character yeah it took a like it took a lot of the heaviness and and like compartmentalized it um and like it it did, it did a different kind of heavy yeah yeah so yeah and it it, it gave us like and it gave us like a silver surfer that was like mostly over like a lot of that trauma and stuff or at least was like able to sort of yeah. end um, which is cool. And that was, that was really sort of like my, like main introduction to the character. Like I haven't read a lot of other silver surfer stuff. Um, and I just really, really like Mike Allred, uh, a lot, but, but he's, he's fantastic. yeah, but you're right. Like the first part of this issue is like very, very bright and sort of, um, reminiscent of some of what, what, uh, Mike and Laura Allred were doing in that book. And then like right after he, he gets everyone else out, but he doesn't get himself. And then like, there's all like a lot more black, black colors and the panels get like the panel shapes change. And there's less sort of like all the like mystical whatnot. Um, it's just really, it's really, really good. It's really, really good. And he's just like, like, cause you can see some of his like development from like that book and other things. So he's like trying so hard like even not to like kill these sort of like godlike godlike beings and that this that, and the other. He's like, I know that I can like destroy you like very easily, but I'm not going to do that because I'm that's not who like that's not what I am anymore. Even though I'm carrying all this, like he says, he says towards the end, he's like, I am not death. Um, yeah, I just think it's, I just think it's cool. I just yeah, I think this is I think this is great, and I love like. I just think it all works together. And I think it's good that, that Moore and, and Kate's are credited as storytellers. Cause I think that there probably wasn't any way that they couldn't have been. Um, because like Moore just absolutely sells the, like the, the alien likeness and the strangeness of. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd have liked it so much if it wasn't tried. More I don't know that I would have either. Yeah. I don't know that the way that this is done. I don't know that any, like there's not another artist that I can think of that could have done this and then i think like the way that this is colored like there's a reason that at multiversitycomics.com we call our, our colorist awards award at the end of the year the dave stewart colorist awards because dave stewart is the hands down the best colorist working in in the comic book industry and has been for a very very long time and this is just another example of of why that that is true yeah yeah this is cool. I'm excited. I was like, not like when this was announced, I was like skeptical. Cause I was like, I don't know that we need to give like Donnie Cates another, like another sort of like big character, whatever the set and the other, like he's got all, he's doing a lot. He's doing all this Venom stuff. And I think I'm still a little skeptical about the way that this is going to like the way this is or how it's going to tie into some, like to the Venom stuff. But I'm really curious now. Um, uh, and I'm curious about that sort of story and it being like a driving part of the Marvel universe more, but, but even without that, like this is, this is just a fantastic issue. It's a, a great issue. Definitely. So, cool. Do you have any other silver surfery thoughts? No, no. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, that is the end of our show for this month of April. We'll be back next month, the third week 
of July with more books. You can look forward to us talking about the end of War of the Realms. Uh, some other things that are coming out in July. We'll probably have an episode uh, in addition to our regular July episode where we're doing San Diego stuff and where we can talk some more about House of X and Powers of Ten. Um, but other things coming out in July, uh, the first issue of Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez's History of the Marvel Universe, which just looks gorgeous, is coming out. We're getting some other books spinning out of War of the Realms, like Loki and Valkyrie, Invisible Woman's getting her first on first series ever. Uh, Teeny Howard's writing some Death's Head. And then those aforementioned um, Arrow and Swordmaster books that Greg Pak is having backup stories in are coming out. Um, until then, you can find all of us on Twitter or at multiversitycomics.com. Jess, where can people find you on the interwebs? I am on Twitter at JessCamNJ. Nice. Tweeting about Hot Husband and wrestling. For, and Kevin Owens. And yes. Kevin Owens for the world to see. <laughs> You can find Nick. You can find Nick at Nick at in Palmieri writes writes like writing. Uh, tweet at him, give him crap for not being here or not, or tweet at him and ask him if he's okay if his clone got returned to him, and and you know just make sure that you know he's good and all that jazz. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at kbgregory13. Uh, until then, we will. Uh, See you next month for more Marvel news reviews and for Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far From Home coming out in a couple weeks. Talk about some oh, Spidey, yeah. um, that movie that everybody forgot about because Endgame is now the number one movie in the world. Ever, ever. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. It beat it beat Avatar finally, I think, today, officially today. Whatever, doesn't matter. Capitalism's broken. Money is stupid. We'll be back in July. See you later, folks. Bye! Bye.